Hello everyone, this is Marilyn Raffi and you just joined the Emotional Eating Podcast. A podcast where you will learn how to recognize your emotional hunger, your physical hunger and your emotions in general. And the aim is that at one point you will finally be able to say I am an ex-emotional eater. So today I want to talk about our identities and labels and how they affect our eating behaviors. We all have identities and labels that were created for ourselves or most probably were given to us and we don't really question them. But who we are, who we think we are and especially who we think we should be really affects our actions and our behavior. So let's discuss that today. And to start off, I want to do a small exercise with you guys. I want you to describe yourself with three words. For example, I am artistic, I am curious, I'm lazy, I'm energetic, I'm fun. I will leave you a few minutes to think about it. And now thinking of those qualifications, ask yourself, do you feel you want them? Do you feel you chose them? Or perhaps your parents and your family labeled you. Maybe you were made to believe that this is what you are and this is how you were born to be or you're born with. If those identities and don't lab- and labels don't really work for you, then the problem is that friction will appear within you. And if you want unnecessary energy and discomfort will arise. And of course, what do emotional eaters do when they're facing discomfort and, you know, unnecessary friction? They eat. And the concepts in today's episode, I feel uh, personally, are more complex, more unconscious than the concept the concept I talked about previously. So what I want to do today is first explain what those unwanted labels, identities really look like, especially with regards to emotional eating. Two, why science tells us that this is not our destiny, we can change. And three, give you tools to overcome or to really unlock the, the, the remove the labels you don't want and create new ones for yourselves. So first, let's talk about those unlabeled, unwanted labels, what they are, how they look like, where they came from. I guess parents and society, they often need to put us in boxes. Um, for example, you're the funny one, your sister is the artistic one, your brother is, I, uh, I don't know, the responsible one. And we do this because it saves energy to the brain. And if you think about our ancestors and why we try, uh, you know, to do this. For example, in nature, they had to uh, quickly know if things are safe or not. So for example, a, a sphere that was red would probably be either a tomato or an apple. So it means safety. And a, uh, let's say a spiky uh, sphere that is brown would probably mean, mean a hedgehog. So not safe to eat. So it's things like that and it really saves a lot of energy for our brain not to really analyze and over, you know, go back to square one for everything that we look, see, feel, touch. 
But the problem is that sometimes we put in labels uh, that are too simplistic. And if I have, have to quote an artist that I really love, uh, Maître Gims, a French singer, in his song La Même, he says, I'm too complicated, I will never fit in your small boxes. Yes, I'm too complicated. I will never fit in small boxes. And I personally felt that myself, especially for my nationality, am I French? Am I Armenian? Am I Lebanese? Am I British? Um, it's too confusing for people. Uh, so I'm probably either in one of the boxes that people choose or more often than not, I'm in the box, you know, other or whatever people feel comfortable to put me in. But other identities can really hurt and are very difficult to maintain. They create discomfort, as I said, and therefore they cause emotional eating because you feel you must live up to a specific identity, specific people's expectations. And um, the Disney movie Encanto, I really feel, shows this concept perfectly. If you haven't seen it, it's basically, it shows uh, all the members of the family, Madrigal, and each one has a superpower or a gift. And people only see them through this lens. So you have the strong one, you have the beautiful one, you have the one that can hear everything, uh, things like that. But during the movie, cracks and problems arise, as you know, in, in normal life, and those identities are really hard to keep. For example, you see the strong one that starts to feel a bit weaker and a lot of tension in all the characters uh, arise and it's because it's really hard to maintain this identity. And, you know, what I would have added in the movie if I, uh, if, you know, I created it, I would have added a scene where all the emotional eaters, you see them, you know, getting uh, relief or compensating on uh, on food, let's say, in the kitchen or probably not in the kitchen because, you know, emotional eaters eat where uh, in places where they cannot be seen. And I know, as I said at the beginning, that it's a bit unconscious. I are, our identities are so stuck to us. We've, we've been working on them for all our life. So it's really hard to identify them. For example, myself, after 36 years and a half, <laughs> I realized that I'm um, the one that needs to cheer people up. This is how I got the love and attention of my parents. And... Um, when I feel I don't have the energy to do so, what I do, I eat as if my unconscious brain waits, uh, you know, it wants to get energy and to give the energy back to others. I will do a specific episode on that, on how our fat and our, you know, the fat in our body uh, is linked to our unconscious brain. But, you know, our identity can be directly linked to our eating behavior. As I said, you can be strong one, to, you can be the one that needs to cheer people up. And also, because we don't have only one label, we have several ones, you have also labels linked to food. For example, you can be uh, the one that always eats a salad. So when you feel you're out with friends and family and you don't want to eat a salad, you're forced to still eat, so you restrict yourself and then at home you might binge. Or it can be the opposite, for example, when uh, some people are seen as, you know, they're the ones 
with whom you have fun. So let's say you're that person, you're the one that orders a lot of food and the alcohol and everyone has a great time with you. And if you're not in that mood, like you kind of don't want to disappoint people, but you still eat and, and do the things that, you know, you don't feel like doing. Uh, and also some people I feel sometimes they don't want to drink or they don't want to eat a lot, but they want to avoid having a label on them like you're the boring one, you're so consumed by your own need to be beautiful and healthy, stop, stop being boring, uh, have a drink. And then they, sometimes they give in and they you know eat or drink uh, what they don't want. So you can see, clearly see how unwanted identities make us compensate on food. And actually, if you think those unwanted identities are actually masks that we wear. And, you know, the there is a, a thinker and a writer that I really like called Gabor Maté. You can find him on YouTube. He says, we have two basic needs. One of them is the need for attachment. I'll do another episode on it because it's not relevant today. But the second one is the need to be authentic. So, which means that um, if we can't be our authentic self, for, so for example, if in your childhood you had to be a specific type of person to be loved by one of your parents, uh, you, then you you like you have to wear masks if you want. You're not your authentic self. The body will kind of keep the stress within and compensate. He really talks about addiction and diseases, but I want to add also the body compensates with emotional eating because you know it's really hard to put a mask all the time. And you might probably still think that those labels are your true self and you do not realize that you can change or you have a say in it and you cannot don't realize that you can find your actual true self whatever that means or whatever it is I feel the true self is a constant evolving concept but let's think of this topic from uh, of this topic from specific angles scientific angles the first one is a genetic point of view I can tell you with certainty that the environment changes the expression of genes because actually I had a PhD, I have a PhD in genetics and um, what we see is that uh, genes get activated or inhibited, so up or down regulation it's called, in different conditions. So from a genetic point of view, we can clearly say that nurture has a crucial importance and it's not nature. And from a philosophical point of view, the existentialists, uh, mainly Jean-Paul Sartre, say that our existence precedes our essence, which means that you first exist, you're first created, and then your essence, who you truly are, comes after that. Because you're, you are basically a sum of your actions. You're not what people say about you or even what you say about yourself. You're just the sum of your day-to-day -day actions. And I really love and agree with this concept. You often see people saying, oh, I'm so-and-so, etc. But actually, if you look at their actions, they're completely different. So what is their, uh, their true self, their essence? It's their actions, according to me. Finally, from a psychology point of view also, the labels and identities... 
identities that were given to us say more about us, the people they, that gave us those identities, so for example, your parents, more than you. So what they told you is what they wanted to see or they, they saw. It's like more about their eyes and their lens. Um, for example, if people tell you that you're selfish, it actually means you are not giving me enough attention. So as you can see, there is a real possibility to grow. And I'll actually do an episode on the growth mindset versus the fixed, fixed mindset, which says that your brain is, has the, capa the capacity to evolve and to grow. And it's not uh, you're not born with fixed capacities. Just to wrap up, I really want to give you a, a uh, an exercise, a journaling one for today. So on the paper, draw three columns. And column one you will write all the identities that you uh, that you have that you were given, uh, whether you like them or not. So all the current identities that you have, whether you like them or not. Column two, write the the identities and labels that you want to keep. So keep the ones. So write the ones that you want to keep. And finally, column three, put the the identities and labels that you want to add to yourself. You want to add. And this will kind of be the first step of creating a new person, the person that you want, and also remaining really authentic, uh, your authentic self, true to yourself. And therefore, there will be less friction, less um, tension. It will be more self-fulfilling for you. And uh, of course, this will... You know, as the moment when there's self of men, when self fulfillment tension is decreased, you don't have the need to compensate on something else. So emotional eating will be uh, reduced naturally. So as a conclusion, we have a lot of identities and labels that were given to us and that sometimes we don't need, we don't want, we don't need, they don't serve us. And we still unconsciously keep them because we think that's how we should be, how we, we're going to receive love, if you think about it, and how we're going to survive. And in order to keep them, it's a lot of work. So to compensate and to feel better, we eat emotionally. So by just removing the unnecessary, unwanted, uh, identities and labels, keeping the ones that we want and adding the ones that we, you know, we think we should or we want to have, we will have a self, a more self-fulfilled life, and then we won't need to compensate on emotional eating and other things. And for today's wishes, may you decide who you want to be, and may you stay your authentic self.